Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Tally G's Restaurant on the south side of Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. Living in a place rich in traditions like Acadiana doesn't mean everything stays the same. Quite the opposite. Here, tradition is something that creative and business people continually nourish and grow. Some literally, like Brian Gotro. Brian and his family developed Gotro Family Farms, growing traditional food from veggies to tilapia in a way that's both traditional and modern. A few generations of Brian's approach to agriculture on his property in Scott was simply called farming. Today, it's called producing nutrient-dense food that's organic and local. Brian, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. Colin Cormier takes an all-new Acadiana approach to an established American institution, soft drinks. While Coke and Pepsi are taking hits for their part in contributing to the nation's obesity, Colin and his partner launched Swamp Pop, an all-natural alternative soft drink with local Acadiana flavors that are now finding fans across the country. Colin, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Happy to be here. And George Graham is founder and principal of the Graham Group, a marketing company and ad agency with branches in Lafayette, New Orleans, and Baton Rouge. For most people, running three offices would be enough work for an average day. But George is also Acadiana's most visible food blogger, the closest thing to being a chef without actually being a chef. And among other notable accomplishments, represented Louisiana in a nationwide TV search for the creator of the country's best burger. George, welcome to Out to Lunch. Great to be here. Thanks. Now, Brian, I mentioned that we call organic and healthful farming today what was simply called farming a few generations ago. Is that true? Is healthful farming today just a question of turning back the clock and avoiding fertilizers, chemicals, and GMO? Or are there new agricultural science advances that take on these older traditions and tweak them? That's pretty accurate. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago we didn't have chemicals to grow food with. So, um, so you know, in the mid-40s, you know, chemicals were introduced to grow food. And, and uh, now we've got a revolution of people that are demanding chemical-free food. And, um, and rightfully so. So, you know, we came into the picture because we were seeking out nutrient-dense, chemical-free food for our own family. We were okay. kind of an accidental farm. <laughs> uh, I didn't grow up really farming like this. Uh, we did a lot of research. But technology's coming in to where we can pinpoint on things. We can measure nutrient contents through you know, a phrase we call BRICS. The word it's a nutrient density measurement. Oh, okay. Uh, so we use some scientific equipment to monitor that. We've set up a little lab on the farm, and we can test for nutrients in the soil now too, and pinpoint and custom blend nutrients that we can feed the soil, so the soil can feed the plants. 
Now, with these, the products you're producing, which is both uh, you're growing uh, vegetables, but you also have uh, animals as well, right? That's right. That's correct. And same, same uh, procedures apply. We treat our pastures, the soil in our pastures, the same way we do our soil in our gardens, so that when the grasses grow and the animals consume those, the animals are consuming the same nutrients. Now, yep. uh, yourself now, can you, look at, can you look at something you've grown and see the difference between what would be an ordinarily kind of institutionally farmed product? Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's the sheen. The, yeah. the shine on, you know, on the different vegetables that we grow. You can tell if a plant's really healthy. Uh, the animals, you know, are more vibrant and energetic. Um, and, of course, you know, whenever you consume it, the flavors are just that much greater. Now, you sell your product at, at farmer's markets, right? That is, that is correct, yes. Uh, now, you obviously had the option to go the more traditional route uh, into grocery stores. Why did you decide to do it this way? We like the direct-to-consumer approach because we love meeting people. We love working with people. If we're going to work this hard to grow food for people, we want to meet them. We want to <laughs> know them, build relationships and community. Now, Colin, in Louisiana, Swamp Pop is a great name for a product. We know Swamp Pop as a musical genre, and we get the reference to Soda Pop. When you get outside of here, though, having a liquid of unfamiliar color in a bottle that says Swamp on the label might be... <laughs> Might be a bit more of a challenge. Uh, have you found that, or does everybody in the country get it? Some people pick it up as an oddity, and some people get it. But either way, as long as people pick it up and drink it, hopefully they, <laughs> they like it. Now, what's your footprint? How, how far away are you selling it? We're in 38 states now, um, oh. last I checked. Um, we uh, obviously are, are, you know, our core is here in Louisiana, but um, certainly Louisiana culture resonates throughout the country and beyond. Um, so... You know, we feel lucky that people uh, seem to gravitate towards Louisiana-themed products. Well, now, tell me, when you're trying to get on the into a store, I mean, shelf space is about the most competitive thing, and then for beverages, it's really competitive. How do you nose your way in? Um, well, starting out, we really, we wanted to, we, you know, we knew that going in, how competitive the market was. Um, so we really just sort of went, for a back-to-basics approach, we're in glass bottles. Uh, you know, we're 100% uh, cane sugar grown here in Louisiana. And uh, we just, you know, we wanted to make sure we stood out from the, you know, plastic bottles and uh, high fructose corn syrup. And uh, there's certainly a movement back towards the old way of doing things. So, um, you know, that's been lucky for us that people have been responding to that. Now, when I was reading about your early food experiences, you, you had a food truck. Do you still have that? Or? But actually, the food truck is what was sort of the impetus that got Swamp Pop off the ground. We sold uh, Mexican Coca-Cola, oh, yeah, which, is which is still made with sugar cane. Yeah. Um, and people responded to that, um, you know, because it was still made with sugar. And that sort of began the conversation of why are people responding this way? And further, why, haven't, why hasn't anyone with the sugar cane culture that we have here made a product like this and that was sort of the, the start and when you get out to these other states is it a big grocery store you're in or is it a, is there a certain niche market for you well uh, our biggest um pickup i guess you could say was world market stores yeah, there's 270 yep. locations throughout the country um, and they sort of specialize in um uh, kind of exotic soft right yeah, and just, things, yeah just different things you yeah. know not mainstream product lines um and they actually picked us up for, they were picking up a bunch of Louisiana products for a Mardi Gras promotion that they were running. 
and it did well, so they, they stayed with us, and we've been there for about two years now. Now, George, you're in the fortunate position of having two equal talents, marketing and an ability to cook and write about food. I, I was wondering if I could ask you to combine those two skills today and talk about marketing Acadiana food. Uh, specifically, it would be great to get your thoughts on both Brian and Colin's marketing uh, but first, I, what kind of perception do you think there is about Acadiana products in general once you get outside of here? Yeah, I mean, from the standpoint of Acadiana, the Cajun and Creole culture of our area is really created a mystique for our, our language, our history, our heritage, our music, uh, dance, all of those wonderful things that uh, people take part in as they travel uh, throughout Louisiana and especially our area. But the one thing that they point to first and foremost is the food. Uh, and there's a mystique that I was surprised to see was so widespread, and I'm not talking about just the U.S. Uh, I did a crawfish uh, a bisque uh, uh, story with stuffing the crawfish heads, and I got comments from Finland that I didn't <laughs> even know there was a, a crawfish industry in Finland uh, of people wanting to know how to make this and uh, source uh, some of the ingredients I use. Uh, but the the culture is steeped uh, in its food culture. It's what makes it such a, uh, an amazing uh, place to live or visit. And from the standpoint of my marketing firm, uh, we have been uh, 36 years now uh, uh, doing travel and tourism as a core part of what we do, working at the state level, uh, the uh, CVBs across the state, uh, and with local attractions and festivals and events, uh, and the common denominator is uh, is food. Uh, and food is a driver of our economy through uh, the growth of our travel and tourism industry. Uh, it is a, uh, a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, export, uh, as, as Colin is doing, uh, what it is that we uh, are so unique. And, and Brian uh, is intersecting in that farm-to-table movement right. that is at the core of what um, the heart of our our, our food culture is all about. So I see a renaissance happening. I see an exciting opportunity for us to uh, to promote uh, to the world. Um, you know, Lafayette was named uh, uh, the best food city in, in, in America. And Rand McNally uh, USA Today a poll and the, and the tastiest town in the South by Southern Living just a couple of years ago. Uh, and we're seeing that momentum build as we're having collaboration uh, across the board between farmers and restaurateurs and folks in the travel and tourism industry. And it's an exciting time to be in, in Acadiana. And, and Brian, there's no question, I think, that your product is tastier and better for you and such, but it's got, because you can't do it on the mass level of some other industrial growers, it probably costs a little bit more, right? Is That's that, right, yes. And, um, it is, you know, to, uh, you don't get a Volkswagen at Mercedes prices. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, we don't cut corners and, you know, we've, we've definitely focused on all of the correct inputs. And it's a lot more labor-intensive because we're not able right. to just spray chemicals over a whole field and, hey, guys, we're done for the day. Yeah. You know, we're out there with hose and equipment, you know, cultivating. And so, yeah, it's the, the work's probably, you know, at least five times more labor. And wow. So, yeah, so we've got to compensate our laborers, you know, to be able to do those things. And what about the uh, the market? I mean, is it, uh, are people willing to pay up or... The 
they are. People are stepping up and and you know recognizing that um, that you know their health is more important than saving a few pennies. And I would think it'd be one of those things that once you got people to try it a couple of times, they would sort of be hooked. Is that right, kind of what happens? Right. And- yeah, yeah. That's always that's always great to see when people come out to the market and they're a little, you know, they're a little reluctant to 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 bite something that wasn't from the grocery store but once they do they they're usually back the next weekend with a double load and, and Brian on, when you're selling something at a farmer's market does it have to go through some sort of I don't know government approval or what what, what happens just um, not at this point not the produce you know the meats definitely have to go through that's what I was uh, all of our process we have a processing plant for our tilapia and our poultry and that both of those are state inspected and uh, so we have to go through all the protocols for that. And uh, but the produce, not yet. There, there's coming a new program that the USDA is working on that is going to create similar inspections where we'll have to have processing rooms for sanitizing and washing packaging produce in the near future. And then I've got to ask you, Colin. You, it's in a similar similar vein, really. You're not producing at the level of Pepsi and Coke, uh, Swamp Pop probably cost a little bit more than those yeah absolutely and um, um yeah j- just like brian said we uh you know the decisions that we have made that we think make a better product um definitely you know cost more money um and not everyone out there is gonna you know be willing to pay for it but the people who recognize the difference uh you know are uh you know it was really hard to find a certified source of louisiana cane sugar because you know, all the farmers, uh, you know, put all their sugar together and it eventually gets mixed up with sugar from Florida and California and on and on. Um, so that was a process um, and it's a little bit harder to source, therefore a little more expensive. Glass is actually the most expensive oh, okay. um, thing that we that we do um, by a long shot. Um, but it's the best um, vessel for soda. It holds the carbonation the best and it... Um, and on and on. So, uh, so that's you know, not me. I, I think thing sodas taste better in a glass bottle. It's not just your mind. Well, yeah, certainly, better. especially if it's uh, you know if it sits for a little while. Um, it's definitely the glass just holds the carbonation better, and um, it just creates a better product. Eventually, plastic certainly um, will, will let some carbonation out, and cans will too eventually. So. Where is this made, by the way? Um, we um, all of our. Sugar is from here in Louisiana, but we uh, have a co-packer um, that bottles for us. Um, our future goals are hopefully to um, eventually build our own bottling plant oh, and, and cool. do it ourselves. Because um, there's no contract bottler in Louisiana right now. There really isn't. Um, so we would we would like to do that eventually. This is the time where we take a look at the checklist. It's part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So I'm going to start with uh, Brian. Uh, Brian. What part of your job gives you the most satisfaction? That would be having the folks of the community come out to our farm or the farmer's market and be able to see, get a glimpse of how food is really grown. When I can take people that think that chickens come from grocery stores (laughs) and, you know, and show them and their children around the farm and you know show them the difference in the food and they can see you know that that's just tremendously satisfying in that case you're 
not just a, a vendor, you're an educator, right? Right, a, yeah, part of the community. Wow, that's, that's pretty great. Now I'm going to ask Colin a question here. What, what advice would you give to your younger self? So we have to figure young Colin here. Um, I think it would be to, uh, to not think about stuff as much and just jump into something. Uh, we kicked around the idea of Swamp Pop for quite a while. Um, and let the fact that we didn't know how to make soda stop us. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's no way to learn except starting. Uh, and the best way to learn is to make the mistakes that you're inevitably going to m- make. And, uh, you know, so I think I would have jumped in uh, to things a lot earlier and just started. You know, if, you, if you're interested in something, get involved in it and figure it out. And, and just admit that it's not, there's going to be bumps in the road whether right. you do it now or... Yeah. That, that is terrific. And George, I'll ask you, what did your parents do for a living? Oh, wow. Uh, my father, my hero, my role model, uh, was a restaurateur. Uh, 1946, he started his restaurant and intersect the entrepreneurial drive with the food aspect. And I think uh, to this day, uh, before I do anything, I think, what would my dad do? Uh, and he married the two things that he loved most, uh, and, and that was running his own business uh, and, and being in the kitchen. Uh, so from that standpoint, I, I think uh, I have a lot to uh, owe to him on, on, on where I am uh, entrepreneurially from the standpoint of marketing and advertising, what I do, and then my love and passion for the food business. Now, where was that restaurant? Uh- it was in Bogalusa, Louisiana. So, uh, right across from the the paper mill, if you're familiar yeah, with that sure. uh, community, and uh, 24/7, uh, he ran uh, a, a uh, an amazing uh, business that uh, was packed uh, at all the shift changes on those eight-hour shifts, three times a day, uh, and uh, just uh, had a had an amazing run. Wow, everybody else takes a day off. I know. Colin, um, where do you go from here at the end? I mean, is there do you you think of an exit strategy or just thinking about the growth going forward? In the future, possibly a brand extension where we, uh, you know, branch out from sodas. Um, what would be a natural? Um, well, you know, our, our big thing is Louisiana cane sugar. So um, Louisiana cane sugar tea, for example, or, yeah, or yeah. anything like that, um, you know, is an obvious progression for us. So that's kind of where we look in the future. And uh, George, we'll use your expertise here. Um, what advice would you give to these two guys as a as a mar- as a marketer? You know that. What, where would you Where would you go? No, I, as far as Colin's concerned, Swamp Pop. I wanted to make the point earlier. Uh, you're talking about the bottle. His branding is absolutely spectacular, and, and I think just jumps off the shelf uh, in in the way that he has marketed himself and his packaging, both his. Uh, the bottle itself and the the six pack container, um, and and I think that continuing to develop your brand strategy uh, and forwarding that through point of sale uh, and through marketing materials uh, and working in conjunction with your retailers to promote uh, you know case movement, I think is is where you need to be. Uh, and you know that question you asked, uh, what's the exit strategy? Do you sell out to a Coke? I think th- that has to be. Pre- 
preface, how big is the check, okay? <laughs> uh, everything's for sale in this world, but uh, I think that uh, you've got a winner, and, and it's growing. And as far as Brian's concerned, you know, I, I think he somewhat shortchanged the following that he has and the dedication that people have to what he and his family's doing. And this is a family business. But my wife, we'll, we'll be driving the, uh, the aisles of the supermarket, and I'll go to pick up a, uh, some eggs, and she'll say, uh-uh, we get our eggs from Brian and Dawn uh, <laughs> on Saturday. So we'll get up uh, early on Saturday and head to the Hub City uh, Farmer's Market uh, in the oil center and, and, and buy two or three uh, dozen uh, of these amazing eggs. And the aquaculture that he does right, uh, uh, and all of those kinds of things. Uh, he's got an amazing, um, you know, forwarding of our food economy here. Uh, and Brian's very involved in things like the Acadiana Food Alliance and the Acadiana Food Circle uh, and a lot of wonderfully progressive elements of it. So keep it up. Colin, when he came up with a new flavor, if you ever thought a product wasn't very tasty or wasn't going to work and it did and the opposite too? Actually, our uh, our Noble Cane Cola, which has uh, some uh, brown turkey fig flavor in it, was, was a real challenge um, because um, as far as the extracts and things that we were using to get the flavor, um, we didn't realize at the time, but what we call a fig is pretty unique to the area, the brown turkey fig. Right. Most places are mission figs. Uh, and, and there's a, there's a tons of figs. And the idea that brown turkey was in the drink. Right, and so those figs don't taste like the figs that we grew up with here in Louisiana. So that was a real challenge in finding, um, you know, the combination of, of uh, natural extracts and things that replicated the brown turkey fig flavor that, you know, we grew up with. We try to just take, um, the, you know, Louisiana flavors and, and combine them with classic um, soda um, flavors and, you know, see what comes out. And do you have a, uh, when, you, when you see yourself on the shelf, are there direct competitors or do you view like all beverages as your competitor? As far as that goes, not really. You know, we're just sort of unique uh, in the market out there. And hopefully, you know, we've always said if it resonates with people in Louisiana, then it'll resonate with people outside. So That's an interesting theory. We always think our, sometimes our taste buds are, are a little different than the rest of the country. Right. But yeah, certainly. <laughs> I have to, have to ask you this because I've always wanted to ask somebody who would know. Well, what is the advantage of uh, cane sugar over uh, corn fructose? What is um, well, Coca-Cola would tell you nothing. Um, <laughs> but they're not on the show. Swamp Pop is on the show. Um, it provides a, uh, it's a better, uh, the biggest thing is it provides a better mouthfeel in the soda. Um, the, um, you can just sort of tell the difference, and it's not as cloyingly sweet as, as corn syrup is. It actually requires less cane sugar. Um, to sweeten the product to the same level as you would with corn syrup. So. Because corn fructose has really taken a, a hit, public relations-wise and everything else. Right. Um, and another thing, too, um, for us, which is we didn't necessarily set out for this, but it turned out is pre it's pretty much impossible to find um, corn syrup or in most corn products that aren't GMO anymore. Um, but cane sugar, um, for the most part, isn't, and ours cert is certified that it's not. Um, so that's been, an, uh, you know, that's sort of a big movement too, is non-genetically modified, um, and our cane sugar is not. So that's been good. Now, George Collins got, I mean, for that world market was a genius move because that was really where they're going. But if he wanted to get into uh, 
uh, some grocery stores in California. Could he do it, and what would it involve? Yeah, I think uh, the beauty of his product is it is a niche uh, product. It's not really, I don't feel, competing with a Coke or a Pepsi. Uh, it has a, a mystique about it that uh, makes it very much uh, a, a craft-driven product, which is uh, is huge these days. I mean, there, were, there was a time that there was only, you had to be in a very small mom-and-pop environment, but these days, uh, you know, you can be in Whole Foods uh, nationwide. You can uh, be in a, a Barnes and Noble's coffee area. You can be in those uh, really, uh, you know, craft-driven, fancy food category types of uh, of things that uh, will take some uh, some broker representation to get into. Uh, but yet, I, I think that uh, that's where you need to be. And go to the, uh, I would say, the fancy food show twice a year. Uh, you should be at because uh, you, you've got everything they need from the standpoint of a quality product and the packaging. Your biggest obstacle will be uh, to really ramp up uh, the volume and, and the delivery uh, of, of, this, of the product. See, this is like Shark Tank with no money and much nicer people. So hey, I'll, this is a... I'll invest. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would be the first time this happened on this show. <laughs> Brian, Colin, George, a lot of day-to-day -day business is about trying to get everything you need to get done in a day accomplished. Technically, that's known as trying to get 10 pounds of stuff into a two-pound bag. I've done the best I can today to squeeze in everything I wanted to talk to you all about, but I've got about eight pounds of stuff left, and we're out of time. It's been great. Thanks so much to all of you, and thanks for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Brian Gotro, co-owner of Gotro Family Farms, Colin Cormier, the co-founder of Swamp Pop, and George Graham, Acadiana Food Authority and principal of the Graham Group. You can find out more about Brian's farm, Colin's soft drink, and George's blog and business by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Charlie G's Restaurant in Lafayette. Charlie G's is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with live music Thursday through Saturday. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michu. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's kadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calais Saloon, featuring newly renovated in 2015 sleeping rooms, public space, and meeting rooms. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Charlie G's. For more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, 
with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.